Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for this next little bit. So we've got five, mostly, I think all of them, mostly very nervous, five young people about, about to share. Um, and so we've been going through this series uh, called, What is God Like? And we've just been talking about, what is, what is God like? Like, if, if, we, if we believe certain things about God, it will actually influence how we live. And so if we believe God is an angry God, it will influence how um, we live our life. If we believe God is generous and loving, that's also going to have a positive effect. So we, we've been looking at what is God like in His nature and, and who He is, and especially through the personhood of Jesus, who God's chosen to reveal Himself to us. As. And so we're going to let these guys share a little bit about just five minutes each on what they have found God to be like in their own lives. And so we're actually going to kick it off. Um, we're going to kick it off now with Sophie. Sophie is our amazing youth leader. Jump on up, Sophie. Over to you. Hello, hello, hello. So for those who don't know, I am Sophie. I've been a youth leader, oh gosh, um, since, since the beginning of last year. And I sort of, um, with Kira, um, we went to high school together, so she sort of brought me along to youth group, and I was like, oh, whoa, this is cool. Um, So yeah, just thought I'd share a little bit about what God was like, what I thought God was like before I gave my life to Him, and how He's uh, shown me that He really is. So before I became Christian, at first I thought God was just, um, you had to be this special kind of person to have a relationship with Him. And... For me, growing up in a non-Christian household and not being in this environment where I could see his love every day, I was like, okay, I'm, he's not for me, I'm not good enough. All of those sort of words were just in and out of my head. Um, and I always thought as well that he didn't want to have a relationship with me because I, um, like I said, wasn't around his love every day and all that kind of thing. So... That was something that I struggled with for a really long time. And in the, le- the week leading up bef- to before I gave my life to him and started my life as a Christian, we went on a youth camp called Search. And that was my first time being around um, Christians and seeing how they lived day-to-day life and how God was working in all of their lives. And so there was this thing that they kept mentioning called cry night. And I was like, what is a cry night? And it was either Tuesday or Thursday. We would go in, we would do worship, we would listen to the, um, to the sermon. And then it would just be all these moments of everyone just starting to cry. And I was like, what is going on? So I'm like sitting there. Everyone's like got people around them. Some people are crying. Some people are like praying for each other. And I'm just sitting here just like, okay. I don't know what's going on. I was like, okay, mum, come get me. Like, I want to go home. And then I sort of, like, we went, the night finished, went back to um, the tents and everything, and I was like, oh, okay. Just, like, processing how the night was. And I was like, well, if this God guy can do all those, do all these things for these people and they can feel so much love to the point they start crying, where's my turn? Why didn't I get that tonight? So I sort of struggled with that when we came home and 
uh, we were just protesting and then we came back to youth group and it was the first week back and then Jake and Hannah, they pulled me aside and they was like, okay, after church on Sunday, can we have a meeting? See how you feel, feel after search, how that's all going and everything. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I can do that. Inside, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? They're going to kick me out of youth group. No, no. And so I came to church and did all this, and I sat down with J- Jake and Hannah, and they were sort of just like asking me all these questions, seeing how I was going after um, search and the weeks lead, like, and how that was and everything. And I sort of was sitting at a crossroads at their house, their couch in the manse over there, and I was like, okay, this is either the point where I say yes and get to experience all those things that I saw, saw all the other kids at search camp experience or I stay in this weird place in my mind of I'm not good enough I don't deserve to have a relationship with God kind of thing and I'll always remember this Jakin said to me he said so how are you expecting to be a youth leader and leading these kids to a place that not even you are willing to go to and I sort of just sat there and I was like oh my gosh That's like what I needed to hear to sort of just confirm that, no, I am good enough. I do deserve a relationship with God and I can do all those things and experience all those things that I've seen everyone else um, experience. So I have a verse that I would like to share with you, something that's always been an encouragement for me. Um, And it's Ephesians 3.20. And it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we measurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And I found this verse when I was um, trying to find, fill my life with more Christian people. And this was this couple, um, Audrey and Jeremy Roloff, if you know them, I really like them, and what they um, stand by. And Audrey, this is her verse that she always shares, and it sort of just stuck with me as an encouragement that no matter what because I have God in my life, I can do so much more, I can experience so much more, and I can love on others so much more as well. So, yeah, I guess relating back to what God is like, before I met him, I thought that I didn't deserve a relationship with him or that I was good enough for a relationship with him. But now I've seen that I am enough and that having a relationship with him is part of probably the best part of my life and that I can do so much more because I have him in my life. Um, So yeah, that's uh, from me. Um, Thank you. And I'm gonna pass over to Ruben now. Awesome. How's everyone going? Awesome. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Ruben. I've been at the church since I was about this big, running around, and now I'm a youth leader running around. Um, so yeah, what is God like? I have had a shift in what I thought God was like. I thought he was this cruel, kind of strict being who keeps us from all this fun and didn't want us to have anything because he was stubborn and he gets a bit jealous of my way. But in reality, he has the most grand design for life ever. Like, he is life. He's so loving, he's caring, he's thoughtful, he's understanding, he's gracious. There's just, like, so many ways you can describe him, and he actually wants us to have life to the fullest. And um, some of those things that he keeps from us, for example, sex, 
um, can seem, when I was younger, like, why is he doing that? That's a bit weird. But as I'm getting older, I understand that that's actually really meaningful because it's a very intimate thing and you shouldn't really be having that before marriage. He designs our bodies to honor him and serve him. It says a bunch of times in Corinthians about honoring him. Um, but there's one, 1 Corinthians 6.20. It says, you're brought at a price. Therefore, honor your God with your bodies. Um, yeah, so I had to have really have a think about what I was doing and you know, where I was at in my life and was I honoring God um, with my body. And so, yeah, that kind of made me rethink a lot of things and, you know, what I was doing with my life. Am I glorifying God or am I just putting myself in an area of temporary escapes from, like, whatever hardships? Um, that was at a point where my mental health was pretty low and I felt stuck and alone. And that's because I was trying to handle everything myself. It was all on my shoulders and I was trying to um, handle it my, within my own ways. And as I got older, I became more like hopeless with my own abilities. So I turned to God. Not that I like hadn't done that before, but coming for a Christian family, it's, it's a bit different. You have to like make that step yourself. So you can't really like be born Christian, you know. Um, so I had to get really intentional with like stuff like prayer and like serving. So I just kind of put my name down for anything I could do around the church, uh, like the stuff at the back. Um, yes, good. And then I realized that with prayer, um, declaring your problems is so much more helpful than just letting it like bundle within yourself. So I was just, even if it like didn't happen immediately or get answered immediately, I just like kind of threw it out there and see what happens. And it took me a, a long time to understand like how God worked and like what kind of moves he was making um, and what his intentions were. And I still don't fully understand that and I don't think anyone will fully understand what God's plan is, but I think that's part of faith. That's, we have to just believe that his design is the best design and we have to just trust in that and just fully invest ourselves into that fact because if we, if we just knew it, then, I mean, what we need God for. And I, I've noticed in my life and like these young people's lives that life is so much fuller with God's intentions in mind. And rather than like a lot of my friends are non-Christians and they use a lot of like worldly fixes and they are just so empty and shallow. But these guys and everyone here is just so full of life when they've just got God in their heart. And it's just such an awesome thing to see. Yeah, so he just, he doesn't like suck the fun out of life in that sense. He actually wants to equip us with like the fullest life possible. And I think if you get anything out of my talk today, the biggest thing would be like your attitude towards faith. Um, I've had to really switch that up and think about why I'm doing things because when I first started out, I was just doing the graphics because you just got to stay at church and you got to sit back and didn't have to stand up or anything. It was good. But now I'm actually doing it with this heart of like, because we have such an like awesome serving environment. It's so much fun to serve at youth and at church. But I would not be doing it, or I wouldn't be doing it as passionately if I didn't have like 
God's back. Like, if I wasn't doing it for that, I would be pretty just, like, lazy and not motivated. So, that's me. I'm going to pass on to Kira. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Kira. Um, I've been at the church, too, since I was a little baby crawling around. Um, and then I've been youth leading for the past two years, which has been the best experience because um, it's just allowed me to keep on being a kid, um, even though I'm not. So that's definitely a positive. But um, I wanted to share with you guys a bit of um, my story and some of my expectations of God versus um, the reality of what it was or and um, what I've found it to be now. So um, when I was growing up, I was a bit confused about God. I was like, I've learned about him, but I was like, I just don't feel connected. And I think it was because I heard so many amazing stories of people's experiences and stuff, and I was like, wow, I want an experience like that. I want to see a miracle happen. I want God to speak to me audibly. And I was like, well, if I can't hear him, then, like, obviously, I don't have a relationship with him. It was crazy, but, like, I felt distant and unconnected because I couldn't hear his voice. Um, and that's, like, still been a struggle for me, but I've learned that God actually has been speaking to me in other ways that wasn't his audible voice, and he speaks to us each in different ways. Um, so I learned to see him through the more subtle things in my life. Um, I learned that he was actually there, he was close, even though I couldn't see him, but in the little things, he would, you know, calm myself in stressful situations, or, you know, he's brought people into my life um, who have spoken words into my um, situations, um, and more. Um, but that took me such a long time to realize because my expectation of him and what I thought a relationship with him was meant to be wasn't what he was actually doing in my life. Um, I remember thinking for a while that God wasn't close to me because I wasn't perfect yet, which is like, ridiculous because like none of us are perfect and God speaks to all of us and connects with all of us in different ways and that's the awesome thing about him is that he's so forgiving and and loving and still always present with you regardless of what you've done and we totally don't deserve that like that's like that's crazy in itself um, but the fact that he's actually willing to step into our lives and be close and be there in itself is something that I've learned, that even when I'm not feeling his presence, that he's still there, and just reminding myself of that. Um, it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2, that the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And that just reminded me that a relationship with God is a two-way street. It's like a relationship that you would have with anyone else. Every single relationship that you have with different people are different for different reasons. We communicate with people differently. We have little inside jokes with other people. You know, we do special things with um, people in like different parts of our lives. And um, that's exactly what it's like with God. And so it's been a process of learning that I can't compare my relationship with God to anyone else's because it's going to be different, and that's just the fact of it. Um, and through me learning about my personal relationship with God, I've learned that he does want to be near to, near to me, that he's loving, but yet he's fair, that he's a provider, 
he's a great teacher, and that he's forgiving and he's in control. Um, and yeah, so pretty much um, to wrap things up, um, I just wanted to reconfirm that, yeah, God is close to you, even when you don't feel it, um, and that he's always there, right by the door. We just have to take that step and continue to open up the door. Yeah. I shall pass on to Max. How are we all? It's good. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm Max. I have been here since I was about, I don't know, probably 12 or something. So you might not, you might remember me when I was about this big, you know, <laughs> like a bowl cut, you know. Times were good. Um, but yeah, so obviously the theme today is what we used to think God was like and what we know that he's like now. And for me, there was like, there was many thoughts like running through my head, like what was I going to talk about? But one thing kind of just stuck and that was that, um, hold on. I used to think um, God didn't want me to be a part of something bigger than myself or he didn't want me to spread the word because I was like too young or because I've sinned or because I didn't like meet a, like a, a requirement list. But like I just, I know now that like, that's so far from the truth and that in fact, in the Bible, Jesus uses sinners. He talks to sinners. That's, that's like his thing, you know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have got a verse in the Bible, Luke chapter 19, verses 5 to 7. And it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and one, and at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to the guest of a sinner. And yeah, so that last line, Jesus has gone uh, to be the guest of a sinner, that uh, just shows me that God isn't limited. He doesn't stop because of something we've done before because we, or we haven't done something. Um, he's so much bigger than any, of, like, any worry or any insecurity that, um, that we might have. Um, but yeah, uh, so to finish up, I just wanted to reiterate that, like, no matter like who you are, what you've done, you know, um, like where you've been, God isn't done with you. Like, He's still moving in, like, through each and everyone's lives, and you never know how much of a difference you can make just just by, uh, you know, spreading the word. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, you guys have killed it, loved it, so good. Um, all right, I want to start first with a bit of an exercise. When you were about 10, I'm going to say like child-like, um, what did you think God was like? Like, what did you think he was doing? And I'd love to hear some of your examples, if you've got some. What did you think he was like? When he, it's, I know, for some of you, it's a long time ago, so like, I understand. So like... <laughs> Anyone got anything? Sit in the clouds. Yep. A meanie because I had to go to Sunday school. Yeah, cool. All right. Sit in the clouds. Meanie. Yep. Boring. Yep. Anyone else? 
Old, yeah. <laughs> Big beard, that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. Exactly. That's it, right? Oh, I'm glad that you had an awesome image of God when you were a child. You can do it for me, Rodney. It's great. All right. When I was 10, I'm going to say 10-ish, um, I had this vivid image of God being in this control tower, like what you expect NASA, and there's like billions of screens, and he's like, we're on all on our own screen, and he's got this like big like gaming headset, incoming calls, outgoing calls, like he'd press hold when he's like praying with someone else, or if you've done something wrong, he's like, I'll put you on hold. Um, <laughs> those kind of things. I gave God a human brain, like I could not comprehend that he could listen to more than one person at a time, um, didn't, I thought he was distant, not a clue, right, what, I was just like, he's in the control tower, he's angry, he's mysterious, I don't know, um, but I'll pray, because maybe that'll work and he'll listen, um, but I did imagine though that he would be exhausted from all of it, all the time, so he'd need to sleep so there'd be a bed, and he'd need a lot of coffee, and then I shouldn't bother him too much. That's kind of just what I pictured, and I can laugh at that now that I'm an adult, because it sounds absolutely ridiculous, um, but it's always had that underlying truth for me, that God is a controlling God in his control tower, um, and I think I still assumed that he was in this control tower, that he was distant and angry, um, that he would put me on hold when I made a mistake, that he was angry, um, but now I know that God is always near He's always listening, and he is never angry at me at all. Um, and, but this has taken me a long time to learn, and it's still something I'm learning, um, and it's been a process. And it's, I do remember, though, when I did have a big shift in this, and it was as a youth team, we were reading a book called Push, so pray until something happens. And we were doing a chapter, a fortnight or something, and then we'd discuss it as a group um, when we had our meetings. And one of, this, one of these chapters was about um, God's, uh, our sin and God's judgment, basically, I think. Um, and I remember sitting around chatting about it and I was saying to the group, and I was like, yeah, but like when we sin or we do something wrong, God's just like, okay, cool, I'm angry. Okay, now I forgive you. But I'm angry and I'm holding on to that space for a bit. And I mean, yeah, I just thought that was always it. And Jake turned to me and he was like, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> um, God has already forgiven you, and he is always walking with you, and he is always walking before you and ahead of you, um, and it's not even for a second that he's angry. Um, and this absolutely blew my mind, because I had just always believed that God was like, there was this like, second, and then you were forgiven. Um, I didn't ever comprehend that God wasn't angry at all, ever for me uh, about what I'd done and even though I'd believed in God most of my life that was the first time that I'd ever heard that truth um, and that ultimately led me on my journey to learning more about myself learning that I'm good enough learning that um, I'm worthy and that I'm called to something um, and that if God calls me enough then I must be um, but more recently though my understanding has shifted from God is distant to a God is near. Um, and this is learning of God's faithfulness. And in our house, in Nathan and I's house, we've got this verse on our wall, and I was planning on changing it like every so often, but it's just kind of stayed there since May because it's really been our verse for this year. 
Um, and it's Deuteronomy 31.8. And it's, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. And this has been our anthem for the year. Um, through God has time and time again shown us that he is faithful, that he is near. Um, and this is through providing multiple jobs for us, providing multiple houses that we can live in, and our, our latest move. God has just continually shown us that he is faithful, that he is going before us, um, that he is always listening to us. So my, my 22-year-old image of God is completely different from my 10-year-old image to God, and that's something I'm really thankful for. Um, the control room is gone. God is here, and God is with me, um, and he's walking with me. He's caring for my concerns and my joys, and he's always listening in the open. He never shrivels at me or is angry. He is calm and loving, and his arms are always wide open. So today, I want to encourage you to have a look at that, that image of God that you've kind of had in your childhood, whether that's the Simpsons God of, this is God, and he's in the clouds, and the white beard, that kind of stuff. Like, have a look at that image. What kind of underlying notions are you bringing into your adult life? What kind of truths are you still holding on to that don't allow you to go deeper into your relationship with God? Um, but yeah, that's me. It's good. Thanks. Awesome. Well, how good was that? Anyone learn anything? Man, it's crazy. It was just like, like it was like drinking from a fire hydrant, right? It was just come, coming at you. Um, it's awesome. But uh, let's, we're going we're gonna to have some communion now. We're going to... Uh, coming to a time where we draw near to God, which is, which is great, and we remember who He is and what, what Jesus has done for us. Um, so we can get the band up, that'd be great. Um, and so I just encourage you, maybe there's something that stood out um, from, from one of those messages, maybe there's a couple things, and I just encourage you to, to maybe just dwell on that this week. Um, pick kind of one thing that really stood out to you and be like, okay, this is something I want to I wanna look into more, I want to put this into practice in my life. Um, super thankful for these young guys and their courage to share um, where they're at and, and the journey that they're on and, and just have a crack at it. So um, awesome, guys. Super proud of you. Just fun. So um, we're going to take communion now. It's at the sides when you're, when you're ready. Just take it in your own time. We're going to sing another worship song together and then um, we'll have some fellowship after. Bless you, church. <laughs>